Here we go for the Tuesday show. Tuesday already. Uh, this is going to be a weird day. I am going to level with you and be a thousand percent honest because that's what I do. Uh, the only moto interview we will have today is a rerun in the middle of the show of the Jet Lawrence interview from yesterday. Um, I was initially just running a best of show. Today was not going to even attempt a show, uh, but I am going to half-ass one as much as I can. I'm going to tell you, real life uh, got in the way of radio life today because at my real job, I like crap hit the fan at the end of my shift uh, yesterday. And when your shift ends at, my shift ends at 5.30. As I was doing my last rounds, uh, all hell broke loose and there was a pursuit and apprehension and police had to come and I ended up not getting out of work. Uh, It was basically about three and a half hours that I got home. And when you only get to sleep about five and a half hours in general, when you already lost three and a half before the day started, it was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do anything. But I got up a little early. I'm going to lose a little sleep, but I'll be all right. I will survive. But it it definitely upended the show for today. Man, I wish I could talk about the crap that happens to me in my real life. But I cannot. I can tell you this, that uh, I had an interesting night. An incredibly interesting night. And then besides that, I got the moto minutes up. I got a what the Florida story coming here in mere moments because Florida's always fun. This this what the Florida story isn't so Florida. It just happens to be a dude from Florida. So if it's period out of Florida, it is the fistful of Florida of the day. But it's pretty cool. I got some new vending machines. They're going to be a uh, sweet rolling out of Japan. I'll tell you why we're probably all going to die on Thursday. Yeah, we're all dead on Thursday. And then another fun story about, you know, getting your RV stolen, only when it's recovered, you can't use it anymore. And you're like, oh, some homeless people stole it and lived in it? Not really. It's way better than that. This one comes out of Colorado, too, where you wouldn't expect it. You're like, oh, that's an L.A. story for sure. Nope, it's Colorado. Colorado's a party. It really, really is. So we will get into all of that. And a hell of a lot more because it's what I do is ramble and talk moto. And we'll have some of all of that today right here on a big 49. So strap it up, strap it in, and get ready to rock and roll on this Tuesday edition of the Stretch Show. The man Entertainment Report. Kevin Costner is a freaking boss, or he might be unemployed. I don't know which one it is. Here's what happened. Over the weekend, there was an entire cast event of the show Yellowstone. They were supposed to do a Q&A at a big TV festival, and then the entire cast basically was a no-show. At the last minute, they had to flip up some of the smaller characters from the cast to do the Q&A, and that's because they say Kevin Costner's playing hardball with the TV show producers as far as shooting schedule and whatnot, and right now, they are in the middle of a season they took season five they showed half of it then they have the break well they didn't even start filming the second half of season five yet and with kevin costner playing hardball they may be trying to replace him and rewrite the script because this dude's not messing around and he is jacking these fools when he's got the leverage in his hand way to go kevin costner 
Uh, this is crazy going on in Russia. There is another execution of a civilian. This guy is a vlogger who totally supports Russia in their war efforts against the Ukraine. And he was doing an event at a cafe in St. Petersburg, Russia, yesterday when a statue that was behind him apparently had a bomb and it exploded, sent everything from the statue out like shrapnel, and he was killed and 19 other people were hospitalized. No word yet on who is responsible for the bombing. Right, this is kind of crazy and a testament to nerds everywhere. Over the weekend at the box office, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie slayed John Wick 4. John Wick, the Keanu Reeves ass-kicking masterpieces, got beat by Dungeons and Dragons. Man, nerds are taking over the world. The man Entertainment with Stretch. I'm being cursed by the demon. I'm I'm a thousand, thousand, thousand percent sure that the the thing in the box is messing with me. It is messing with me. I am certain of it. Let me tell you what happened. Um, I can't go into everything about my fun adventures last night, but I can tell you one thing. <sighs> Boy. Security work is fun. I couldn't imagine being a police officer. I just couldn't do it. Insanity. And I'm just in charge of a, you know, about a good city block, I guess. Both my jobs are about a city block, big, big facilities. One has got way more action than the other because one is very secure and the other one has so many employees that they're coming and going at all hours, so it's a little more open and it's much harder to lock down but I was at that one last night. And I, initially, I, about five insane things happened that normally would be the highlight of the entire month, and I had all five happen in one shift last night. But one in particular that we're gonna get into. Uh, I tell you guys, I'm a big fan of Coast to Coast, George Norrie, I love that show. And at night when I'm doing my, what they call lockups, we walk around at a certain time and lock every building this building's locked at this time. This building's locked at this time. There's people in this building till this time. You lock it up at this time. And you do that all night. It's part of my 10-hour routine. And I was going into what is our oldest building on the campus, well over 100 years old of the entire facility. It's, it's the oldest building. And it's also, according to employees that you speak to, incredibly haunted down in the basement by a ghost that, that appears as a solid human being to everyone that sees it. And usually it just walks by you and people will see it at like three o'clock in the morning and be like, uh, hey, good morning. Cause you know, there's people around. It's not uncommon to see people would be in that building at that time. But you know, maybe somebody from another building had to come over and get something. There's always that possibility. And if they don't look like a homeless person, there's really no cause for alarm for someone to be in a building. And uh, people will see it, it'll walk down the hall, it never speaks to anyone, it goes into a, a room, and then people will go see why it's in there, and then it's go there's no one there, and it's empty, and that happens from time to time in that one building. So, I am, uh, and, and I know about it, and I've heard about it from employees that have had weird encounters, but I've never had anything, and I'm in that building every night, just about every night that I work, and it's in the basement, because remember, nothing you know, creepy ever happens anywhere, but the creepiest, weirdest place of a building, and when you're in a 120-something-year-old building and you're down in the basement at, you know, at this point, it's around 11, 12 o'clock at night, I guess, when I'm in, in there at, at this point. And when I get in there, 
I'm listening to my Coast to Coast, and they had a guy on last night who was giving all these. He's like a pastor, I think, who's talking about all the biblical references to ghosts and how people think you can't communicate with ghosts, but it's not sacrilegious and it's not bad. And oftentimes deceased relatives come back to visit you in your dreams. And there is communication with the afterlife if you like it or not. Uh, you know, they're not, they're against you doing anything with a Ouija board or that kind of stuff, but it's not a bad thing. And he even references uh, that when uh, Jesus walked on water at that point in the Bible, the disciples got afraid because they thought it was a ghost coming to get them. And they didn't know it was Jesus. And he's like, hey, it's me. What are you scared of, you pansies? And he said, you can do it too. Come on out. And he got St. Peter to walk across the water. It's a point in the Bible. So anyway, it gives all. he was giving all those references. And I'm walking through and I'm listening to this. And I'm like, hey, it's interesting. And as I'm walking, I'm in a, remember, I'm in a basement. It doesn't have any windows. One of the doors just flies up right next to me. As I pass the door, a door to it, I'm just goes boom. And... It scares the crap out of me because I'm, I'm certain someone's in there and they're now coming out and I'm about to have a fight with a homeless person is what I'm thinking. And, uh, and no one there. I, I, I gave me the eebie-jeebies because there was no one there and there's no draft and there's no... I was the only person in the building at that hour because I went floor to floor to floor of that building and locked every door and there was no one in there but me. And, you know, and also at that point, it was uh, late on a Sunday night, Monday morning. And voila, uh, it flew open. So that scared the crap out of me. And I was like, it's the box. It's the box. The box is messing with me. So that happened. And then I had some other fun stuff happen. My night ended in a, in a spectacular uh, uh, chase and apprehension of uh, people that were there to do bad things. I prevented them from doing bad things. And I got one and the other, I did not. And then we had to call the police and I had to write a report and it ended up taking about four hours of my sleep away from me because it happened, oh, that happened right at the end of my shift. You know how that works? You know, and by the way, it was my Monday yesterday as it was your Monday and you got, I'm looking at the clock. I literally had like 13 minutes left on my shift and I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm cruising, getting ready to go. And then all hell broke loose, all hell broke loose. Mike, seriously? And what's funny is after that happened and all of the crap and I'm writing reports and for the police and doing this and that, um, here comes uh, the whole another crazy thing happened. Like, I had so many crazy things happen in one day. I, I was like, is, is it a full moon? Like, what happened to me? I, I do not know, but all in all, insanity was my night last night. But... Uh, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to give you as much of a new show as I can. I'll put some uh, best ofs here towards the end. But coming up as a best of in a little bit, we will talk to Jet Lawrence from the HRC Honda team. Interview we just ran yesterday, and we'll get that back in the middle of the show. But coming up next, we're going to talk about Japan, my favorite foreign country that I have ever been to. Absolutely love Japan and was a place that I went, and I was like, I can live here. I really liked it when I, when I was there. So... We will talk about them and their fascination with vending machines, and we'll do that next. It's a, it's a weird one. We all know about the vending machines, but this is a new one, and what they're selling in it is interesting. We'll do that next. It's the Big Four Nine. Strap it in. Ah, oh, here we go. If you are a Jack and Stretch Show fan, you know this song. Jack used to love this song. It's called Bears Never Give Up. Written by a guy named Sergio in 2000. Somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. 
There's a bunch of bears. I love bears. They pray together to mighty God. Oh, they pray. Yeah, bears. They want us from guide. I don't know what he said there. They want, want us to know that bears never give up. That's right. Bears never give up. Bears never, never give up. up. Bears never give up. Oh, I messed up. All right. All right, Sergio. I'm going to back this down a little bit. By the way, typically when people sing... Uh, no matter where they're from in the world, if they sing in English, you can't tell they're foreign. Um, Sergio, incredibly apparent, is not a, a native uh, speaker of the English. I don't know where he's from. I'm guessing he's like a Ruski or something. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh-oh. Alexa, shut your pie hole. Alexa, you're Alexa going off? She loves Sergio and bears never give up. Stupid whore. Oh, now she's blinking. She's mad. So here we go. The reason I'm playing, you're like, Stretch, why are you going down memory lane and playing the Bears Never Give Up song made famous on the Jack and Stench uh, podcast that ran for 13 years? Well, I'll tell you why. It's a tribute to my friend Jack, who I talked to a little bit last week. I'm going to hook up with Jack soon. I'll let you guys know when I do that. I did a radio show with Jack five days a week for 20 years. Seriously. At Star and then after Star on the podcast. So seven, eight years there and then 13 years on a podcast. We, we did shows. Jack and I have been through a lot. Uh, and Jack did love this song. But this is why I'm playing the Sergio Bears Never Give Up song. Let me turn it down. All right, Sergio, I'm going to turn that down. All right. And here's what's going on. I told you I was going to talk about Japan, one of my favorite places. They have a very eclectic thing with vending machines. You can buy everything from porn, sex toys, underwear, anything, anything. You can buy out of a vending machine. You can buy uh, canned food that's hot. So you just open the can and it's ready to eat. They're, they're big. It's a very big thing there. Well, now a new vending machine, which is popping up. There's a, uh, They're starting them and they plan on having more than 100 all around Tokyo, and if you don't know, Tokyo is way, 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 way more massive than Los Angeles. Tokyo, when you get on the really fast subway system trains they have there, you can't get across Tokyo in over an hour of traveling on that train, and you're hauling ass. It's You're like halfway across from getting from the airport, and you never leave Tokyo. It is enormous. So they started this off in November and now they are growing and growing and growing. And for $16.50, you could buy 250 grams of bear meat. It's a wonderful delicacy and they are eating it up in Japan. People are eating the bears. They say they're locally killed wild bears. And they're very lean. They say they have a mixture of very lean and fatty cuts. And you can pick which cut you like the best. They say the meat uh, comes from bears captured in the mountains by members of a local hunting club who have permits to kill the bears. And they do it during their annual hunting season. There's a bear season. 
and people are loving this. Bear meat consumption is highest in northern Japan, where it is sold in cans and even as an instant curry. They say it has a slightly gamey flavor, and some say it's much like venison, and they often make stews and things. Where that's why it'd be good with a curry sauce. And they're just slaughtering them up. Get them bears and slaughter them. I don't think the bears are going to give up, though. I don't know. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Go, Sergio. Sergio's back. Bears never give up. That's what they say. They're going to keep coming. Um, and this comes at a time in Japan where human-bear encounters are through the roof. They say they used to have about 200 a year. Last year, they had 20,000 alone. And another thing to let you know, the company that has these vending machines, they have, uh, they say they have 5.6 million vending machines all around Japan. That's how much they love vending machines. And they say that fell to just uh, 4 million in 2020, but still it is the largest per capita place on earth with vending machines. It is a thing, and they love the vending machines in Japan. The same company, by the way, that's selling bear meat is also the largest supplier of whale meat. Remember, they still whale, and people, they get a lot of heat from the international community for that. And they have whale machines as well. Yeah. And then they say, well, yeah, bears eat people, though. Whales leave people alone. You shouldn't bother them. But bears kill people. Like, you should be carving them up and serving them. And whenever one does attack a villager in the remote areas of Japan, they do hunt it down and kill it. And then likely it ends up in a can on a supermarket shelf or in somebody's freezer or in a vending machine. So there you go. You want to eat some bear meat? Go to Japan and get your sixteen fifty and go pop it out of the vending machine. I like it. I do love Japan. I really, really liked it when I was there. Oh, man. All right. Coming up next. I'm going to tell you a story that just happens to be my what the Florida story of the day. It is crazy. It's just a it's a guy in Florida and he was a teacher and a basketball coach and he lost his job for being drunk at work and then he got a bunch of DUIs and he's had problems holding down employment and the whole time he swore he didn't drink like a lot of drunks. I haven't drank crap and they get angry and nasty. And he was getting angry and nasty because he was actually drunk. But the problem is he doesn't drink. He wasn't drinking. It, I, it's a very weird story and we will talk about this next. Step Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Osaka Kawasaki's Adam C. and Cirillo really seems to be stepping back and looking at everything through a different lens this year, and I love it. The guy's had some injuries over the last couple years. He even told us before the season started that he feels all expectation is off of him and that some people have even written him off, and he says he's really enjoying just getting back in, not having any pressure, and just getting back to racing again. And this is what he had to say on Instagram yesterday. He said, you ever watch a movie so good you wish you could see it again for the first time? He says that's kind of what riding outdoors is like after being on Supercross for the last six months, and vice versa. He has enjoyed his time this last week. 
and now he's getting ready to get back to the grind. And Adam has been really, really fast, often right at the very front. He fades a little, but he's getting it dialed in, and Adam C. and Cirilla will be back in full form very soon, I have a feeling. Shout out to him. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a stretch show here on a Tuesday morning, getting through the craziness that is. Let's get into this one. Imagine you're a school teacher, you're married, you got a family, you're also a basketball coach, and then you lose your job because, well, you keep showing up to work drunk. And you know how drunk people are dicks? Let's be honest. You think you're not a dick and you're drunk? No, I'm fun. No, you're a dick. Drunk people are dicks. You want to see what drunk people are like? Go out with a group of people and be the sober guy one night and watch everyone get drunk around you and be like, God, they're annoying pains in the ass. Sometimes they're sheer entertainment, but usually, especially when it's a group of dudes, somebody's going to start a fight, someone's going to... You get the pouty, bitchy drunk that gets all mad because you say, hey, man, quiet down. I'm going to leave. Screw you guys. Pouty, pissy, bitch drunk. You get the violent drunk that wants to fight everybody. You get the crying, unhappy drunk that lays down and crash Jack. Jack and lay down and cry and rock in the dark. And he'd get pouty too and bitchy and leave. Oh my God. It just, drunks are a pain in the ass, especially when you're not drunk. When you're all drunk together, it's not as bad. But dude, nothing worse than being around a drunk person. And this guy was drunk every day. So, you know what happened? He lost his job is what happened. He, he, you, you can't be a drunk school teacher and basketball coach and be, get belligerent at work and expect to keep your job. Well, he lost his job. And he's trying to get another job. But then there was another problem. He got two DUIs in a six-month period. And when they pulled him over, he's like, stay you, officer. I'm not even, I'm a drink. I'm not even, how much have you had to drink today? Nothing. Nothing. The drink, uh, when, when a policeman asks you how much you've had to drink today, the answer is either nothing or a couple. That's always the answer. Sometimes they'll try to be honest and be like, I've had like seven, but I don't like to eat and, 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 and I had them. Uh, over like 12 hours and then you start lying back to the lies so that's what happens and this guy was apparently no exception he was drunk he was drunk on the DUIs he was drunk at school and then he started coming home and his wife would be like you reek like booze and you're acting different and weird and he'd slur and stagger like a drunk like a stupid pain in the ass drunk that's what he was like only problem was he would insist that he was not drinking. Now that he had the two felony DUIs and he had lost his job, he couldn't get another job, and they lost their house, and they had to move in with the he had to move in with his wife's family. So he's living with his in-laws, and he's still insisting, I don't drink, I am not drinking. Like he was a guy that would have a drink here and there, but he wasn't a drunk, and he swore all the time he was not drunk. Finally, one day, like his wife's online and she just happens to come across an article and it's called Auto Brewery Syndrome. And no, that's not like Kyle, where your car smells like a, a like a bar because there's a lot of empty beer cans in there. No, that is not the case. No, this is Auto Brewery Syndrome. This is totally different. 
This is where your body breaks down the stuff you eat, turns it into alcohol, and gets you drunk. Just eating food gets you drunk. Auto brewery syndrome. So here's a guy that can't find a job, can't find anything, finally finds a doctor to test him for what seems like a fictitious made-up uh, disease or ailment that drunk people like to say they have. No, I, I, I'm not drunk. I, I have auto brewery syndrome. My body automatically brews my food into booze. Yeah. So there you go. The food he consumed turned to alcohol. And they say it is a very, very rare condition. And what happens is uh, it is a syndrome where food in your gut ferments. And they say this happens naturally with everyone a little bit. You're, the food in your stomach will ferment as it's being digested. However, in certain conditions, people have a fungi or bacteria in their gastrointestinal system. Patients with auto brewery syndrome present with many signs of symptoms of alcohol intoxication because it, when that food starts to ferment a little, this weird fungi bacteria literally turns that food into alcohol. They say the people that get it often are, are, are on a high sugar, high carbohydrate diet. Oh man, I might be drunk. I might be drunk all the time. That was my favorite diet, high sugar, high carbohydrate diet. And that doesn't help matters. So now that he's lost everything in his life and his job and had DUIs, uh, he is hopefully getting treatment and I imagine changing his diet and he's probably not walking around drunk all the time anymore or driving around drunk. That's a real story. Auto brewery syndrome. Not to be confused with auto idiot syndrome. But, you know, you're still drunk. What's weird is I think that the law still stands. I don't think they're going to dismiss those DUIs because I think he really has a disease where it makes him drunk and he was operating a vehicle while drunk and you shouldn't be operating a vehicle while drunk. They're going to be like, you knew you had signs of intoxication, yet you still operated a vehicle. Yet if you were driving and started feeling bad, you'd be like, man, I'm not feeling good. I've been any alcohol it's it's weird it's a really bad situation it's very very sad all right coming up uh in moments i'm gonna tell you why we're all gonna die on thursday mark your calendar for death on thursday for every end of the world end of the world on thursday yeah it's the end of the world as we know it i'm stretch it's the big four nine big four nine it is a stretch on a Tuesday, trying to power through as much as I can. I'm going to kick into some best of segments coming up here in a little bit and finish out this show today because I ran out of time. I did not have enough time to do the show because I was busy doing real work stuff, trying to not get in trouble. It's weird, too. When you're a security guy, anything you do, you have to backtrack and cover your butt because if you were doing anything wrong at the point that you... Uh, arrest someone or get someone and, and, and this is a thing I've been doing enough trainings with police departments for uh, my work where they'll send us to train with a police department for the day and I've heard speakers talk and say hey you guys it, it's like the motocross racer kids you make one mistake and everyone's like we got you we got you they're like people make mistakes at work every single day and it's no big deal you make a mistake doing that line of work and Someone's trying to sue you for $30 million or someone has died or, you know, worse. It's just 
insane the bad things that can go wrong. And so when you, I was dealing with what I was dealing with last night, I, you're writing a report and your entire thing, you're like, well, I, I cover my butt. What did I do everything right? And then you, you oh, ineb- inevitably, you weren't didn't do everything right. You'll always hear back from a supervisor going, uh, at this point here, uh, you should have done this or this. And you're like, yeah, but I'm chasing a guy that's possibly armed and he's dropping stuff and I'm trying to like do this and this and da 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 I didn't have time to do that. I was too busy uh, protecting my ass as in trying to not get uh, beat up, stabbed or, or killed. But yeah, it, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Like I couldn't imagine it at a bigger level. So shout out to all the popos out there doing what they do. I salute you. I really, really do. It's not an easy job. And you deal with really, really stupid people. Stupid people. Most people are stupid. I, I'm sure you guys are aware. You, you, how many times a day when you're driving do you be like, man, what is wrong with that idiot? Ma- amplify that times a thousand if you're having to actually deal with those people. All right, let me uh, tell you. I told you, I promised you. I promised you death in this segment and how you're going to die. And I have this for you now. I love, too, that we just... This is probably the first time you've heard of this. A giant asteroid is hurtling towards Earth at unprecedented speeds. Like, this thing is hauling ass. And it is barreling right at us. And they say it's probably most likely gonna miss us. Near-miss asteroid, they're calling it. And they say... I love it when they give sizes. They say it is the size of... 80 elephants. That's a good size. They're like, it's 80 elephants or uh, 37 blue whales. So you're like, oh, okay. I get it. It's big. It's a big rock. You could just say, you know, it's like 900 feet across or something or, you know, let us give us an actual foot dimension. It's better than the comparing it to all the things it is. They say it's taller than the gherkin in London. It's okay, all right, well, how about you just tell us what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's an enormous space rock that's just jamming at us. And it is a large one, and it's going to have a near miss on Thursday, April the 6th. So get ready for that. A closest pass, Thursday, April 6th. Fun times. We're all going to die. It's the Big 49. Up next, Jet Lawrence. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Looking around the Instagram yesterday, I saw a post from Mr. Holeshot himself, Mike Alessi, putting in some laps on his two-stroke, getting ready to come out to Glen Helen this weekend. Remember, Alessi won the event a couple of years ago, but last year had a pretty gnarly crash. Still did all right, but did not get your overall win. And he is back on the bike and dialed in and coming to Glen Helen to make some money because this is a really good cash flow event for these uh, retired pros or dudes that are just racing some races here and there. It's pretty badass if you are around. I highly recommend coming out to Glen Helen this weekend and checking out the two-stroke nationals. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. Jet Lawrence, who is the red plate holder of the 250 West Division, and they were back in action after a little bit of a layoff here in Seattle tonight. And Jet, yeah, ride once again to another victory, but this one, not without incident. In fact, not only 
Did you have a crash? We'll get into that one in the heat race. But you also didn't just shoot out of a cannon and go wire to wire like we see you often do in these main events. In fact, you got out of the gate. You were not at the front of the pack, and you had to eat your way up. So uh, walk us through that main event and you uh, having to work your way back to the front and, uh, and to hold on for a victory. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle getting to the lead. Uh, Styles was riding pretty good. He had his lines down, down pad, and uh, yeah. and in all fairness, I wasn't riding the best. wasn't wasn't my best uh, best riding, which okay. I just couldn't find my lines much and just find my flow. So, was um, took a little bit to get close enough where I could make a make a move okay. on on Styles, and was able to get that, and even like. After I got past my, oh, maybe I'd get into a flow, but I kind of struggled in the flow the whole whole race. So I was just kind of like trying to just get through the, like each section, just okay, and make it. And uh, and the the boys were on it also tonight, so they were they were keeping me on it. So I had to make sure I kept on pushing that that uh, whole main. All right, and let's talk about that heat race too, because you had a gnarly spill there with Cameron. And yeah, managed to still get back, you know, and not have to go to the LCQ, which is always good. And apparently, you were unhurt. So, uh, walk us through that heat race as well. Um, yeah, it was definitely a wild heat race, but uh, <laughs> thankfully, we both came out of it okay. Uh, I got land on his bike, and thankfully, yeah. I like just clipped his foot peg with my butt cheek, and it didn't <laughs> go anywhere else. So, yeah. so uh, thankfully both came out okay, and it, uh, bikes are pretty banged up. It's most yeah. likely they get pretty, pretty hammered when they when they both like bikes collide. So, um, yeah. thankfully we were, we were okay. All right, and uh, let's talk about the end of that race because when you came off the track, I, I know you've got to be aware. There's cameras on you the second you do anything. You were like the golden boy of this class, and the second you got off that track, they were watching you, and you looked really, really pissed off. So walk us through the emotions of a crash like that. You looked really upset right at the moment too when it happened. So how long does it take for you to get over that and you know to calm down and get ready for a main event? Um. It's a, it's a, it's obviously hard, but uh, I yeah. mean, it's a, I get, I get frustrated just when I blade a chip in golf. So I mean, you should see me on a golf course. I get, I get heated there. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's natural with our sport. We get, uh, if something doesn't go quite right, we get a little frustrated. I mean, everyone does, but I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a racing situation. I mean, we're both trying to, we're all trying to go for the title and and yeah. get heat race wins and get and get main event wins because this all goes to can go to our family and, and that stuff with bonuses and that stuff so we're all we're out there all laying on the line and i'm pretty sure my brother went over it uh last weekend it's like we're making split uh, decisions in such yeah. a such a quick time where like sometimes it works out then like this kind of situation this every now and then you just don't get lucky this <laughs> this happens i'm i'm yeah. also just glad we're both okay and and uh we can leave leave tonight fairly uh, in one piece and, and race the next round all right and once again though after the main event you didn't look happy either and there was no contact or no crash or anything going on with another rider uh what was the frustration for you at the end of that uh main event when you got the overall win um yeah i was just kind of i was more frustrated on myself i just i just didn't feel like i rode my best best in that main and this okay. was making just silly mistakes that i feel like i shouldn't be making so i was kind of like just beating myself up, you could yeah. say cursing to myself about <laughs> how much of an idiot I am with some things. So I was kind of like just a, almost a quick brief about the a race almost to myself. Like, why why did you do this? Why did you do it? Like, kind of almost quizzing myself. And obviously, I, uh, I 
<clears throat> even even though we had, like we end up winning the main, I'd still like I want to always make myself better uh, all round. So obviously uh, I take it very serious, and I when I do ride bad, I want to make sure I know mentally and, and kind of beat myself up a bit just to kind of this has how I work a little bit. So um, I was just mainly frustrated at myself just on some of the silly uh, decisions I made and and this uh, mistakes that I don't think I should have been making. All right, and what do you think it was uh, tonight but that you didn't have the dominant performance that we see from you sometimes? And, you know, there's just off nights or stuff. So uh, is there anything that you can attribute to you not being your, your typical sharp self tonight? Um, I don't know, to be honest. It okay. was uh, probably, but it's kind of more of like if I could have gone faster more okay. so. It was just, I just... I never really got my lines down where I could just hit it each lap. I was just I was a bit all over the place, and was was awkward kind of all yeah. all race I'd almost say. So if the all boys right. were to catch me, I think fitness yeah. wise I would think I would have been fine. But just if those boys just had their better lines and that stuff and yeah. and had their lines sorted, I think it would have been a bit of a struggle just to try and pick up that pace. Where for me it might have looked. Would have got a little sketchy or out of hand. All right, and do you think the track had anything to do with that? It was another rough track, got real ruddy, got ran down, you know, very different track from the first heat race up until these main events. So uh, how was the track for you tonight, and, and was that part of your problem? The track was, like, most of the day pretty, like, sticky and, and grippy and, yeah. and just soft, but then yeah. kind of once you got to the main, the, the rhythm stayed pretty much the same with getting it uh, deep rust where it kind of grab your foot peg. So it was a yeah. kind of tricky one to get the rhythms and push them a bit. But you don't want to go too much where you start clipping foot peg. Yeah. But then, uh, then the turns were kind of like loose and dry. So there wasn't getting many ruts on the turn side of things. So it made it definitely difficult because you couldn't just like get into a flow with just hitting that same rut each time. Because you had yeah. to like, you come in, you could slide a good one lap and another, another lap you just wouldn't quite get it as good. All right, uh, let's talk about this. Just coming off some time off. We all know, Jet, you're getting ready to move up to the 450s for the outdoor season, and you've been training on the, the bike, on the 450. Been on the big bike. I've seen some Instagram videos, and I know you were doing stuff out there with uh, Kenny Roxon and training with other guys, just mixing it up. So how's that going? What's happening on the 450? How you liking the bike? Walk us through that experience during the off weeks. Um bike was great it was uh it was funny on the 450 i think uh at daytona i was very i was very close to actually going racing and, okay. and i was i was excited but i ended up testing from monday all the way through the thursday on the bike so i was pretty and they're all from like 10 to 5 days where the sunset would go down so <laughs> yeah. it was uh long days just trying stuff seeing what works with it and kind of for more so my sake of thing of learning the 450 learning okay. its character and that stuff, and it was just, uh, I was still wanted to press day in that, but yeah. my dazzy ended up just kind of pulling the pin, just going, no, you, you rode all week, and uh, yeah. long, hard hours, so it's just kind of more so just, you know, just take the weekend off, have fun. Yeah, have some fun, and we know that we are going to see you on it again, uh, you know, really, really soon, and uh, can't wait for that to happen. Congratulations, Jet, on another victory tonight, having a firm grasp on the red plate right now in the 250 West. I can't wait to see uh, what you got in store for us when we get back to the Triple Crown event in uh, Arizona coming up here in a couple weeks and then this summer as well when we get on that 450 and kick it off for reels in the outdoor season. Uh, congratulations. We'll talk to you soon. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme.
big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Come in it. Brought to you by LBZ. Right now in the world of professional motocross, everybody that's been banging out the outdoor season practice is quickly trying to transition back to Supercross because we got a race going on this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. It is going to be a Triple Crown event, and these dudes have all been working hard on the outdoor because there is not much of a gap once Supercross ends and the outdoor season begins in May, there's really only one week off before they go. So they race, they wrap up, they have a week off, then the next week they are racing outdoor. So they're getting everything in they can, but now they got to get back to the lecture at hand, if you will, and that is get ready for Supercross this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big Fortnite. It is a Stretch show on a Tuesday. Uh, battling through this week of illness with everything I got in the tank. We're going to get through here. I promise you that. Uh, plus, I got workers in my house, so I can't sleep. I'm sick and I can't sleep. My wife's trying to kill me. She's trying to take me out. I think she's got an insurance. I got to check and see what kind of insurance policy she put on me. She's trying to get me. Right now, I'm playing my X-File theme because you know how much I love talking about UFOs, aliens... Uh, government experimental aircraft conspiracy theory all of that stuff right up the stretch alley the paranormal is my thing and now I gotta talk this is why we can't have nice things you know you have that you know when you were a kid and you and your brother or sister or friends would be screwing around in your house and you break something and your mom would say this is why we can't have nice things because we got a little a-hole kid we got a little idiot that lives in our house and they break everything nice so we can't have anything nice and they make you feel bad and then they put you on restriction, and then they make you pay it back, and then you're mowing lawns for free until you're like 30. But that's what happens. Well, this is why us paranormal buffs can't have nice things. Last week, and I saw it, and what's funny, I will admit, where I was in Los Angeles when I saw this is I was very, very near LAX at my real job, and I see strange, when, Big jets take off and they're real low. They, I would tell you this, I know people I think those are UFOs all the time. Because it's three, you'll see three lights as they get kind of far away, but they're still not, you know, up high yet. And they're out over the ocean and they're off in the distance and you see the three lights. Then inevitably at some point it'll turn a little bit. Then you'll see the flashing strobe and you're like, oh, that's a jet. But you'll see the three lights. You're like, it's, it's almost in a weird triangle shape. And... I, I totally see that all the time. I also know I'm right near the airport and it's always a airplane. Well, last week there was a night, I believe it was Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it was. There were two lights in the sky on the same horizon at, at whatever time of night it was here in Southern California. I, I'm, let's say it was in the, around the nine o'clock hour. They were down definitely west out over the ocean you looked out and you would see two bright lights really close together like eyes staring down and I, and I saw it and I was like oh a plane and then about five minutes later I looked well the plane's in the same spot well that's not a plane then I looked closely and then I remembered I had heard of someone talking about on the radio that this week if you looked into the western sky, you would see, I think it's Jupiter and Uranus kiss. I said Uranus. <laughs> no, Jupiter and Venus, they were kissing. And and they, they at some point, 
At one one night they got they crossed paths in the sky at a distance, but they looked really really close to where they were coming, and they they literally looked like they were gonna uh, touch. They, that's how close they got. But there was that time that I'm looking at it and I'm like, those are two bright lights in the sky and they're low on the horizon. And I even thought people are going to be thinking this is a UFO because it's just staying stationary and it's not moving. And they're bright and they're not where you would expect planets to be. And sure enough, this story coming out of Modesto, home of meth and fun stuff. Two shiny uh, dots in the sky Wednesday night they say created a flood of emergency calls along California's Central Valley to 911. People start calling 911 going, there's two, there's two lights in the sky, what's going on? Like, if you saw a UFO, would you call 911? If if a UFO landed in my front yard and they were like trying to steal my, steal my family or like poke my dog in the butt or something, I would be going, uh, yeah, maybe I called 911. I'd probably just start trying to shoot at them, but that doesn't ever seem to work. But that's what what, what our go-to is, because we're stupid humans. But this is why. Think about it. Watch it. If it's not a threat, why would you ever call 911? And the fact that they had to put out, like on their social media, the sheriff department there, saying, hey, guys, stop reporting Venus and Jupiter in the night sky. It's just where they are this time of year. Like, yeah, relax. And sure enough, people are that stupid and the fact that a sheriff's department had to release a statement telling people to stop calling 911 about venus and jupiter tells you this is why we can't have nice things ufo people because there's so many stupid people out there yeah they say calling 911 on stars is a new one and, and remember there's time you'll get celestial events in the sky Sometimes that won't happen for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, 100 years. There's 1,000-year events in the sky. There's a lot of things that happen staring up into outer space. Now, in Los Angeles, we miss probably 97% of those because of smog and also uh, light pollution that wash out the night sky. But this was clearly visible in the night sky here in Los Angeles. So where it's a little darker up in Modesto, I imagine people freaked out. These two lights, they're just hanging in the sky there. They're UFOs. And people called and called and called and called. And trust me, this wasn't just a Modesto problem. I don't want to knock uh, the meth capital of California, Modesto, as saying, hey, this is your problem. No, I'm going to tell you this is a idiot problem. And we have an idiot problem. And when we start trying to talk about UFOs or anything paranormal, people go to the default idiot reporter and they say, what about all the people that called 911 on Venus and Jupiter this year? And you're like, well, you got a point. I got to give you that one. You can't really argue that point. So for the love of God, for all things paranormal, if you like paranormal, don't call 911. If you see a ghost, don't call 911. If you see uh, lights in the sky, don't call 911. Like, if you see a guy armed robbing someone, call 911. You see a guy planting a bomb or a suspicious package, call 911. But don't call it for lights in the sky. And especially when those lights are planets that are just crossing paths in our sky from, from our perspective, crossing paths. So knock it off. Knock it off. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about a guy that might have inspired me to get some tattoos. 
This guy's in the UK. He's awesome. I, I, he's seriously awesome. I got to get this picture up. Moto Man, we got to get this picture up on the Big 4-9 website. Can you put it on the stretch show section? See if I can send it to you. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9. Big 4-9. It's a stretch show. Right now, we're going to do it all for the nookie. And I got to tell you, uh, can you handle pain? If you can handle pain and you're lazy, this is the thing for you. It's coming out of the UK. Uh, I got to get this picture. I'll, I'll put the picture up on our Instagram. So I'll send this picture up on our Instagram. It's Big 49 Radio on Instagram. <clears throat> you should be following us, by the way, just because we need friends. We're needy. Uh, check us out. I'm going to put this one up there today. I, I may go get this very same tattoo. So a guy in the UK, I, I guess he's quite the jokester. He knows that summertime is coming. Spring is here. Summer's around the corner. Time to get your beach body on. But who wants to diet and exercise and do all that damn cardio to get abs? You know, by the way, the key to abs is cardio, not crunches. <clears throat> and this guy's like, I want ripped abs, but I don't want to work out for them. Uh, he went down to a guy named Gunther who has a tattoo shop in the UK called uh, Color realism tattoos and this dude is an effing he's a true tattoo genius like this work is amazing this dude went in and had his entire uh, front tattooed and he has he's a fat guy fat doughboy imagine a puffy little doughboy who now has the greatest most ripped physique abs tattooed onto his body ever and no matter how fat he gets, he's going to have these chiseled abs. And you're like, okay, it seems laughable. Look at this picture. Go to our Instagram and look at this picture. This dude, this guy Gunther, does some amazing stuff, dude. It's insane how realistic this looks. When the guy pulls up his shirt, you're looking at it like, wow, it looks like that guy looks CGI is what it looks like. It doesn't look 100% real, but it looks pretty damn real and it's like this super defined it's even got the obliques on the side all chiseled out and defined and it's all a tattoo this guy is a fat little pudgy doughboy and they tatted the skin color and everything so he looks it's a little more tan than his doughy uk white physique but it's ripped as hell it looks amazing no exercise required granted it took two days of straight tattooing to do it and think of all the shading because the entire thing is shaded. Every single bit from it below his chest down, every single bit of his entire front half of his body is tattooed, is covered. Every single millimeter is shaded with a like a fleshy, I guess a brownish pinkish color to it. So he looks like he's got tan ripped abs. He's got the, it's beyond a six pack. It's like a 12 pack. Like the most ripped abs you've ever seen in your life. And they are tattooed on here. And it is effing hysterical. If I can find, I'll find the, I might find the Instagram video and put that in our reels. Like I'll, I'll attach it. Maybe I'll do that. In one way or another, go to our Instagram and check our reels and check our post. And you will find it today up there. But this guy, it's effing amazing. It really is. And he did it all for the nookie. Because now he's going to go everywhere and pull his shirt up. And girls are going to be like, oh my God, look how ripped that guy is. At what point do you think when they touch it, they're going to be like, those are the softest, doughiest, 
chiseled ripped abs I've ever seen in my life. Because that's what they look like. And, and it's crazy. He didn't change his exercise regimen or his eating habits. He just dumped a lot of money and spent two days getting poked with a needle. Two solid days. It is insane. Right, you got you got to see this. Very funny stuff. All right, coming up next. I got another good story for your ass because it's what I do. I'm stretched. It's the big four nine. Big, 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 big. The big forty nine. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Garrett Marchbanks of the Club MX Yamaha team is back on the bike after his wrist injury earlier this season that required surgery and they had to install a plate. Then the plate was removed at the end of February in what is another minor surgery. He's now back on the bike though and he says a lot of that is really due to the new wrist brace he got that's really helping him achieve that and he's making a lot of progress at this point. So shout out to Garrett Marchbanks. Hopefully we see him back behind the gate soon. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is stretching right now. We are sitting down with the dude that is the storyline of the night again in just his second podium in his very young professional career. I'm talking about Star Racing Yamaha's Hayden Deegan, a.k.a. the Danger Boy, gets up on the box again for another third-place finish in Detroit, but it is not without controversy again. And this time, uh, uh, Deegan, you are the man when it comes to battling, even with your own team. It doesn't seem like anybody gives an F. Can you walk us through what happened with you and Jordan Smith there, your teammate? Because it seemed like that was kind of gnarly, dude. Like, 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 what was going on? Yeah, man, I, I don't even know what happened. I wasn't paying attention, really. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good racing, you know? It's fun, so... I don't know. Yeah, I just had some fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Now, Hayden, I appreciate the jokes, but it did look like as soon as that race was over, your own team was taking you back to the woodshed. Is everything cool? Like, is everything squashed? No beef? No problem? No, the team's not mad? What's happening? Uh, yeah, it was, it was all cool. It's just racing. <laughs> all right, and then just racing in that main event, too, because in that first turn, you went right into Hunter, the red plate holder, and, and just battled with him as well. So what happened in that situation in the main event? Uh, yeah, I wasn't trying to be dirty on the start. I just was okay. sending it. So I just ripped that first turn, and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to push out too wide. It was just hitting yeah. the first turn hard. Yeah. Uh, Hunter's doing good. I have no reason to mess with him at all. So. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely faster. So, yeah, I mean, I just pushed out a little wide, but besides that, it was good racing. All right, and you, by the way, but, I mean, the point of this, uh, to me, isn't an accusation of that you're dirty at all. It's that you're a rookie and you've got no Fs to give that you're out there to win, and, and I freaking love it. Uh, it's, I mean, what's your vibe? What's your takeaway here as you're battling with these guys that have got way more experience than you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're out here racing, and yeah. – uh, even though I'm the rookie, I still got to, you know, try and stand my ground a little. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, uh, Hayden, you've tied Pops. You, you got your dad with his career podium total. You've already done that in, what, like six races here in your professional career. Uh, are you changing your expectations throughout the rest of the year? Like, is it we, we wanted to start here and get some experience? It's what it seemed like when they put you in. And now you're, you're getting on podiums. You're battling. You're staying in the top five. You're looking really good in the championships points race especially for a rookie so anything moving forward that we're going to change as far as expectations with you and the team or is this just a, a build to the outdoor season where we're like all right now we know what we got and we're really going to go for it in the outdoor season like uh, what's going on right now with you and the team and, and where they're expecting you to finish 
Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, outdoors is uh, what we grew up always racing. That's yeah. kind of, you know, what we, we grew up and then we turned pro and we raced Supercross. So we always yeah. grew up racing outdoors. So, I mean, there's no reason why I shouldn't go out there and do well. I feel confident that right. I can go out there and run with those guys. I mean, we just got to keep pinning work and uh, trying to get a little faster, a little faster day by day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, outdoors is uh, coming soon. So um, those guys are going fast and all we got to do is just keep working and see where we end up. All right, uh, uh, Hayden, congratulations on your latest podium. I know we're going to see you up here again. It's really fun watching you race and watching the fire in your belly, man. You are a young, hungry dude on the way up, and it's great for all of us to sit back and, and watch it. And and I know the armchair quarterbacks are calling this or that, and, and I love that it really seems like you just don't care. You're, you're just like, you know what? I'm racing my race, and I'm racing to win, and I don't care who I'm racing, and that is freaking awesome. Awesome. And you and your family have always been cool to 49. We appreciate you here and, and wish you the best of luck when we get back to 250 East Racing again in Atlanta. So go practice up, get faster, and we'll see you back on the box in a couple of weeks, man. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Ah, oh, music to my ears. Time to get out of here. Been hearing a little bit of best of there the last um, hour or two on the show. Nah, less than two hours. A few segments of best ofs. Rest of the time, it was all stretch all the time, all new. I got uh, sidetracked with my real job, and it really detracted me today. So I apologize for that. I'll be back tomorrow. Also tomorrow on the show, Mr. Cameron McAdoo. We'll talk to him about what happened when he and Jet Lawrence collided in that heat race in Seattle. Also going to play a clip of the two of them talking about it together side by side. And we'll uh, get into that. So, a lot of fun stuff on the show tomorrow. Uh, getting up out of here for now. Don't forget this Saturday, Big 49 is Moto Palooza. We'll be out of Glen Helen for the Two Stroke Nationals all during the day. And then we will be back here in the studio for Saturday night, Triple Crown Supercross from Glendale, Arizona. A lot to talk about, a lot to cover. It is a day of moto. Because that is what we do. That is what we do. And if I am not dead, long story, but we'll get into that at a later date. We will uh, be here for that. Fun times, man. I have a weird and interesting life. One day I'm going to tell you guys about it. And you're going to be like, wow, Stretch is an idiot. That stretch is an idiot. Oh, man. I can't help myself. All right. I got to go. I'm out of time. I'm going to be late for my uh, real job that just ended. I just ended it. The hell? F me in the hay. You ever have that feeling when you wake up in the morning? Because I do. I got to shake it off. You know why? Got to make the donuts, Stretch. Got to make the donuts. That's what I'm going to go do. You guys take care of yourselves. I will talk to you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you all. God bless the great United States of America.